Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown. You found us here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and today I have with me a guest by the name of Pat O'Keefe. He's the founder and CEO of O'Keefe. And welcome, Pat. We're glad to have you. Vic, glad to be here. Yeah. So we have a mutual friend in Mr. Sullivan, and, and he gave us got us together, and I'm glad he did. And, and uh, there's just been some great things I've heard about you personally and about your organization. So why don't you give me kind of the, the brief rundown of, of what it is that you do and what O'Keefe does, and, and we'll get started there. So, Vic, I mean, that's a great first question. Um, you know, we're a strategic and financial advisory firm. So we are typically hired guns for special transactions with closely held businesses. And, you know, we're set up to help companies that typically don't have the depth or breadth of experience, expertise, or management to handle what's a non-recurring transaction in their life cycle. So people say, well, what's a non-recurring transaction? And that could be a merger and acquisition. That could be where the company bumps into trouble financially and needs help being turned around. It could be any kind of event that would be out of the normal operating for yeah. the company. Well, so so that's interesting, Pat, because you're not talking about just when the wheels are coming off and there's financial problems. It might be a, an acquisition, which is kind of exciting and something to look forward to, or they might be getting bought. There. So you're on all ends of those of those huge financial moments in a company's life cycle. Is, do I have that right? No, that's exactly right, Vic. As, as I tell people sometimes, you know, we're like cocaine. Once we get in your system, we're hard to get out because we bring <laughs> a level of expertise that uh, companies find refreshing. And it's quite honestly, because we bring best practices of probably a hundred different industries that we worked in. So our lens problem solving is very wide. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and so honestly, this is kind of interesting because, and you know, Michigan Business Network uh, uh, focuses on Michigan businesses, of course, and and um, part of what we want to do is make sure we spotlight some of those great Michigan companies. And you're right here in Michigan, right? I am. We have an office here headquartered in Bloomfield Hills, which is in southeast Michigan. And we also have uh, an office in Grand Rapids. Wow. So east and west. And so do you do business outside of the state of Michigan as well? We do. We yeah. uh, just set up an office late last year in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. And our practice really is nationwide. I and mean, we handle matters all over the country. Wow. And so the, I got to believe that some of the issues you get into have a lot of zeros in them, right? <laughs> they, they do. <laughs> well, you know, I, when I think about when I think about these things, I just love to hear that some of the some of the beginnings. And if you could, why don't you take us all the way back to the beginning? Are you a Michigan guy uh, from the state of Michigan originally? I am. I grew up uh, on the east side of Detroit. I uh, in St. Clair Shores. Uh, grew up in what I referred to as GI Row. So you <laughs> had a lot of uh, GIs coming back from World War II or uh, the Korean War. Oh yeah. That uh, bought houses under the VA mortgage. So we had a lot of veterans in our. Uh, in our community and, uh, you know, started my educational process, uh, with, uh, St. Gertrude's school, which is right on the waterfront there in Jefferson and, uh, moved over to Harper Woods, Notre Dame, part of the Catholic league in the Detroit area. 
um, for my high school. <laughs> well, very good. Well, it's, it's always good to have somebody that has Michigan roots. And when uh, you and I were talking earlier, you gave me the weather forecast down there, and you, you referred to it as a Michigan day. And I just knew, you know, uh, anybody from Michigan knows that almost anything can happen when it comes <laughs> comes to the weather. So I want uh, to I want to ask you, as you got started down there, you um, uh, you didn't come out of high school going, man, I want to want to change the financial world for companies. Uh, tell me how what's the early start for you? Well, another another great question. So I was uh, motivated. I had a uh, a teacher at Notre Dame, uh, Bob Stark, who taught uh, a bookkeeping class, and and Bob seemed to know a lot about business. I was always interested in business, and you know I was a, a young kid who wasn't going to go to college unless I earned my way to it. Right. So, you know, I had paper routes and two or three jobs after school, and. You know, business, I was around business a lot, and it interested me um, seeing, you know, business owners operate and uh, thought maybe accounting would be where I, I wanted to go. And so that's when I got to Michigan State University, I, I majored in accounting. And then uh, when I got out, I moved my interest uh, also to finance and uh, got my MBA from Wayne State University. Oh, so I'm. Wow. You know, born and bred and, and, and learned in uh, the state of Michigan. Yeah, you just can't shake those Michigan roots out of you, can you? <laughs> well, I so cannot. I think I think it's kind of exciting. And, and just to be clear, your your mom and dad uh, were not business owners? They were not. My dad um, sold carpet. Wow. Um, he actually met my mom uh, at, the, at Hudson's department store. Oh, great. He uh, was in the carpeting department. My mom uh, processed payroll for Hudson's and... Uh, when they got married, they uh, my dad continued to sell carpet, and my mom uh, was a full time uh, housewife yeah. until I turned fourteen. How about and then that? she went back to school um, to get her nursing degree, and uh, actually retired uh, from nursing from Bonsecure Hospital over in uh, Gross Point. Well, it's extraordinary that you've got your start into business uh, without folks that led led the way. There must have been some folks that helped you along the way, and so we're going to talk about that in our next segment. We're so glad that Pat's with us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bershera. We'll be right back. Looking for the best value on your office products with the best service in the industry? For over 30 years, DBI customers have enjoyed outstanding customer service with competitive pricing on everything your office needs. From break room to boardroom, DBI can supply all your work essentials. From paper and coffee to storage and seating, DBI, we do office. Everything for the office? One call, one source, one solution. Visit DBI online at dbiyes.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschero, and I'm so honored and grateful that Pat O'Keefe, founder of O'Keefe, has uh, taken time from his busy schedule to be with us today and to share a little bit about some of the things that he's into and some of the ways that he helps companies along the way. And so, Pat, thanks again for being here. And as we get started, I learned a little bit in this last segment about where you're from and what your origins were from, but can you help me along the way? Nobody nobody comes out uh, as a dad 
with a carpet salesman and um, and a, a mom that's kind of home taking care of you. She, they obviously gave you a great start, but where'd you get some of your inspiration and, and some of your early business acumen? Because it sounds like somebody had to help you along the way. Well, I, I thankfully had a, had a lot of good mentors, Vic, and I can honestly tell you it's one of the reasons today that we usually keep two or three interns uh, in our consulting practice to give young people a chance to have an office experience and see what goes on in the business yeah. world is, is a way to give back. But, you know, when you, the path is, is a winding road when you, you first start out. I'll never forget uh, Bob Harrison, who owned Harrison Carpets. I was changing a light bulb at, at the top of the store, probably 20 feet in the air, and he happened to be studying it for me. And, you know, uh, Bob Sr. was probably in his early 70s, and he said <laughs> to me, he says, you know, what, what happens here if I shake the ladder? <laughs> and he says, Pat, he says, I want you to know the higher you go in life, the, e- the easy it is to fall, and sometimes that fall hurts. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm 15 years old at the time, wondering why is he telling me that? (laughs) I just want him to hold the ladder. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, I was was, uh, the beneficiary of a lot of great mentors and and being around a lot of good people. My cousin, Bill, who I consider to be my older brother, um, our dads were probably 12 years apart. And so he really provided a lot of guidance to me as to what opportunities there were and how to connect and network in the Detroit business community. He was the one who was responsible for um, getting me into the Detroit Athletic Club. And, and his viewpoint there was it was comprised at the time of about 4,000 business owners. And he says, if you really want to understand the heartbeat of Detroit and the business community, you need to be a member. Mm-hmm. Now, being a, a young blue-collar kid, you know, I worked at clubs. I never thought of being a member of one. <laughs> and so... You know, it was really off my radar screen. And so I got a chance to learn more about it and, and became a member, you know, when I was young and really got a chance to see, um, you know, a, a different aspect of life Yeah, that really... I was not accustomed to. Well, isn't it interesting? You know, um, there's a there's an old book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I don't know if you've ever read that book or not, but part of it talks about there's my there's my biological father who loved me and did great things for me, but then there was the other dad in my life that was very in, influential and did a nice job of of directing me and maybe helping my thinking mature in different paths. And they, I, I just love that concept because I think what happened here is that you know you've got a you've got um, you know a hardworking family behind you, but you've had some people there that that uh, I mean, good grief! I, I I laugh because of the latter story because I mean, who who does that to a to a fifteen year old kid? Uh, that's pretty deep uh, for him to do that, and I think it was really powerful because you you remembered it all those years later. But but then also to talk about and to and to have somebody think about. Um, you know, the, uh, the opportunity not to work at a club, but to be a club member and what that could mean in a career. Those, those are bold. Those are bold initiatives that, that must have uh, created some different kind of thinking in your, in your world. Agreed? I, I do. You know, I was a, a caddy at the Country Club of Detroit. Yeah. And, you know, as a young kid, I would ride my bike down um, to Jefferson, park it at a friend's house, jump on the Kerchival Deanhurst which would drop me off at the front of the club every day. And I'd get there at 
6630 so I could put my name first on there because if I was going to make the commitment to bus fare, I wanted to get, try to get two loops in every day I could. Mm. And what I learned is that, you know, people who are, are affluent are, are normal. There's, it, but it's, it's a world that you don't see in that. And, and what, it, what it did for me was really open my eyes that, you know, these people are not any different than I am. They just um, are in a different environment and atmosphere for a variety of reasons. Maybe yeah. it was family wealth. Maybe it was successful entrepreneurship. You know, whatever it is that changed their path. But it really opened my eyes that I could be one of those people, mm. and that you know I could um, enjoy more that was in than was just in my surrounding. And it really motivated me to get out. My dad was a a carpet salesman, but he was really a frustrated engineer. He graduated from <laughs> Cast Tech and wanted um, to be an engineer. He was a uh, mechanic in the Army, and he was the guy who fixed everything. And carpet salesman for him was really a, a come down. He really, that's not what he wanted to do. And he got put in that position when his uh, uh, stepfather died and um, his mom really had no visible means of support. So he moved in with her, took a job in support of the family, and then never really got uh, on track to do what he wanted to. And he was frustrated his whole life. And, mm. you know, one of the lessons for me was I was not going to be my father. You know, I was going to make sure that I exhausted every opportunity I could and to keep my eyes wide open. And sometimes you do things because you have to do. Yeah. But in other cases, you know, you put yourself in a position for success, too. And I wanted to make sure that I put myself in, in a position to really be all I could be. Well, outstanding, outstanding life lessons you just given us there. Man, I, I hate it when we run out of time on a segment because, man, there was so much for us to talk about there. We're going to con continue that discussion here in just a minute as soon as we take a quick break here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bershero. We'll be right back. Even if you just get an hour, imagine a stress-relieving treatment, hand and arm massage, and a free makeup touch-up. Does this happen every time you have your hair done? It does at Douglas J Salon. Get the entire experience exclusively using Avita products. Guests have experienced the Douglas J difference for 45 years. Douglas J with two locations, inside the Marriott Hotel and in Okemos. Make your reservation at either professional salon by calling 877-334-8657 or visit douglasj.com today. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero with Pat O'Keefe, founder and CEO of O'Keefe, doing great things for companies, uh, helping them at their critical, crucial times uh, with huge financial and probably some small financial deals. And so it's really glad that Pat took time out to be with us. Pat, in that last segment, you said something that kind of spun my head around because I, uh, I, I think I was a little bit like you. I grew up on the other side of the tracks and, and um, frankly... Um, there was an opportunity for me to be around people that had money. Um, and I'm like, wow, it just kind of surprised me. And it, it made me, it made me feel, uh, completely different and nervous, frankly. Um, so I'm wondering, you learned an early lesson about affluent people and about how, 
um, uh, at some of the clubs you were at, uh, they're just like you and I. So can you go into that a little bit more for us? Yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, while my dad was very blue-collar, he was a very respectful um, human being and really treated people uh, a good way. He was uh, funny, and he had a good sense of humor. But he always, the one thing he always said was, you know, you got to keep your nose clean, which was, you know, like, don't get into trouble and, you know, treat people uh, the right way. But I I, I recall a funny story uh, at the country club caddy and, and we were at the ninth uh, hole getting a, a chocolate milk at the time and we're going to the 10th tee and um, the guy I was caddying for had, had a match going on with his buddy and they were younger members uh, I caddied for their dads um, their dads uh, so they were there you know enjoying the fruits of their father's labor <laughs> anyway right. they had a big money match going on and the guy hit the ball way to the left and his partner hit it way to the right and he says to me he says, make sure when I get to my ball that I got a good lie, which meant, you know, he wanted me to use the foot wedge to make sure it was sitting up high in the tall grass. Oh, dear. And I'm thinking about this going, you know, I never would have suspected that, right? Because you hold people in higher, <laughs> you know, uh, esteem uh, because they have money. But at the end of the day, there's a bunch of rascals out there just like the next guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here I am, 13 years old. And I'm like, well, I guess that's what I got to do kind of thing. But I never forgot it. Yeah. So 30, no, not 20, 20 years later, um, the same individual is up for Sportsman of the Year Award at uh, a club <laughs> I belong. And I had to laugh. Because All right. I, I know this guy in a, in a different light. And he was a prolific athlete. Yeah. And, uh, and I just had a chuckle. And I, I recanted that story for him many, many years later. And it, his advice to me was, he didn't deny it happened, which I could give him a lot of credit for. That's that a good start. <laughs> yeah, he was, he, he was a rascal in his younger <laughs> year. He'd become a very conservative you know, businessman. And, and I would tell you, Vic, one, uh, considered of high ethics and uh, you know, just good moral ground. And I told him the story, and he, he said, you know, Pat, he goes, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, yeah, people yeah. do mature and things do change. And, you know, uh, a character flaw like that is not fatal if you decide to do something else. Yeah. Right? And, and I just had to admire his uh, honesty. But the, the experience for me kind of opened my eyes. And I was like, hmm, you know, it's not what it always appears to be. Yeah, and boy, so that's, it, that's powerful. It, yeah, I think it, it just helped me get comfortable um, in different surroundings. I would also tell you, you know, one of the life skills and organizational skills, my mom went back to um, nursing school when I was 14. Well, I had three other younger brothers and sisters, and I essentially ran the household. I mean, I ironed my dad's shirts. I made dinner for my uh, brothers and sisters. And, uh, you know, it, it, those were life skills. And I didn't think anything about it because, of course, you had to eat. And, you know, I was happy to help out with chores around the house because my parents, you know, I knew sacrificed a lot. And uh, I never thought much about it. But later on in life, it was, you know, these were life skills that really um, helped me out in, in, just, in just so many ways, from being responsible to, you know, learning how to cook and learning how to maintain a household and doing a whole bunch of things that uh, I appreciate. I was in a unique situation where it put me in that position. And you know, my kids today are all the same way. They, they love cooking. They're not afraid of, of the kitchen. They you know it because, you know, we pass that on, 
you know, to to each of us. Well, in part so probably because they saw you doing it, right? I mean, that's another another classic example of, of that's just normal because we saw Dad, uh, you know, helping out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right, Vic. I think well, that's and that's interesting because you know, you know, the, from from these different experiences in life, there's so many things that happen. My my mom died when I was a senior in high school, and uh, my dad at the time was 74 years old. Uh, had me late in life, 57, and um, and so you know, uh, I remember uh, I, if I wanted to eat, I was cooking myself. If I wanted clean clothes, I was washing them myself. And I think I had two pairs of pants, you know, that uh, for high school, and that was it. So you know, just funny how those things all come to roost and how those things that sometimes if we look back, you might think, man, that's just terrible. Uh, some of the best thing that can happen to you in terms of learning life's lessons and moving straight forward and doing the right things. And so, Pat, I'm loving these stories. This is really helpful as we think about uh, some of um, our younger audiences that are that are thinking about trying to get ahead in life and doing some of the right things. And uh, interesting how history catches up with you every once in a while. So we're glad that we're catching up with Pat O'Keefe here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm so grateful to have with uh, with us today Pat O'Keefe, founder and CEO of O'Keefe. And, of course, what he does is a lot of help along the way for uh, companies that are making uh, dramatic moves and, uh, and some that are confusing moves for them. So it's glad to have somebody like that in your corner. And right now we're talking about um, some of the great moments in, in Pat's life that I think helped shape uh, his direction and kind of what he's been doing. And so I'm, I, uh, I wonder, uh, Pat, are there, are there other um, uh, mentors along the way that you feel you, 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 uh, that really had a hand in this because it's kind of an uh, exciting career path? Yeah, Vic, I, I do uh, want to mention one more in, individual, and, and there were so many that were helpful, but Dick Avery, who was uh, the managing partner in Detroit for Deloitte, when I first started at the firm, I had come from a smaller accounting firm and was looking for big firm experience. And through a, a bunch of fortunate um, circumstances, was able to go from a small firm to a big firm. And Dick Gabriel told me something that I'll, I would never forget, and that was that um, as I moved through my career, it was important to the firm that I develop as many contacts in, in, as possible because as I developed uh, friends and relationships, as they moved through their organizations, they would be in a position to uh, influence the buying of our services. And he gave me a couple instances where the managing partner um, of Deloitte internationally, Mike Cook, had uh, a college roommate named Henry Kravis of KKNR, who was doing all the big leverage buyouts in the 80s, and how those relationships 
um, bear fruit. And it was important. Most accountants would not be known um, for their interpersonal skills. And so the ability <laughs> to differentiate yourself is fixed that if you wanted to be partner, you have to figure out how to step out from a sea of good candidates only an inch. Mm. He says it's like a drill sergeant, you know, looking at his troops. He can tell who that guy is that's out of line. And he says to be considered for partner, you want to be that guy. You want to figure out um, how you can step out of that line, even if it's only an inch. And Deloitte hires a lot of smart people. So being smart wasn't necessarily a differentiating factor. But for me, what was, was I had good interpersonal skills. And I, I tease people a little bit today that a good education without those skills is a little bit like giving a fish a bicycle. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good that bike is. The fish doesn't know how to use it. And so you can be as smart as you, you can be, but unless you know how to apply it in a variety of situations, that education and develop it with strong interpersonal skills, you're really at a loss. And I had an opportunity to um, interface with a number of uh, partners in charge of law practices. And, you know, I would get the story, it was almost universal, that they would hire the very brightest and best law students and, you know, from their law review classes and top 10%. And after eight or nine years, they'd want to be partner. And, and the reality of it was is they didn't really bring in any clients. <laughs> and their best skill was to be able to write. And he's this particular partner says, I can hire second and third year associates to write real good. What I need is people who can bring in business. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm thinking about changing our hiring practices to find people who have, you know, club memberships who play golf, tennis, and, you know, show how to interact because those are the people that I want. And he said, if you look at the five of the top eight wage earners at our firm, he said, they're all transplants. They're people that came over to us with a book of business and we're able to grow it because we've got smart people here who can do the work. But without the business, we're just a team of smart people. Mm. And so he was thinking of, of translating, um, you know, their hiring practices into something that was a little more social and a little less academic. And I, w and I would tell you, Vic, I find that to be true even with our services. And what I mentor young people is to build a strong foundation when you're young. And, you know, make as many contacts as possible. I was the only manager at Deloitte that actually had his own key to our suite at the Silverdome. <laughs> and, you know, I entertained people there nonstop. And I remember the first partner meeting I attended in Detroit, and they posted the T&E expenses of all the managers. And I had seven times more expenses than the next guy. And below that, they were almost non-existent. And one of the partners said, O'Keefe, you uh, used our money to buy into the partnership. And I said, you know, that may be true, but how many of you guys took three companies public last year? <laughs> of course, dead silence in the room. <laughs> right. And crickets. Was, yeah. And it was because, you know, I had put myself in a position to meet people who, you know, were going to be business owners who had ideas and needed capital that wanted my services because I had been um, – you know, in a relationship with them over a long period of time. 
Right. And what a and, difference it makes when you have uh, the ability to reach out and to have those uh, building those kind of relationships. You know, I can't wait to hear more about this, you know, in in, uh, in our next segment. Pat, it's just such an honor and such a great time to have you here with us on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vershero. We're going to be right back. Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero with the amazing Pat O'Keefe. I added that amazing part, Pat, because I'm really having a great time listening to some of the stories and information you're sharing with us. And I can see as founder and CEO of O'Keefe that you offer a great deal. But as we, in this last segment, we talked a little bit about, I love the analogy of the fish and the bicycle, but sometimes, you know, I'm around really smart people, but they don't have the interpersonal skills. And so... Um, is that something you think that can be developed? Can you take somebody that's that's really bright and 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 awkward uh, and help them with some of those interpersonal relationship skills? Is is that possible? Yeah, I, I think it is, Dick. And I don't know what it was that flipped the switch for me. Um, I, I've got, as I think about it now, two stories on that regard, in, in terms of the, the need for it and and then the way to do it. I was on the uh, Oakland University Advisory Board for the accounting department, and every year, they, or every two or three years, they brought in an accreditation team. And so we would have dinner with them, and they would ask us a bunch of questions. And um, I asked one of the uh, accreditation team from uh, North Carolina State, it was from, I said, what makes a strong university? Is it based on the number of tenured professors? Is it the amount of grants they get? Is it the success of the alums? Is it, you know... I gave him probably about five or six yeah. criteria. And he says to me, he goes, it's all of those. <laughs> and I looked at him square in the eye. I go, I go, that's nonsense. I says, I'm in the turnaround business. And I can tell you uh, for a fact that companies that succeed in business only need to do one or two things very successfully and better than their peers to have great success. So I says, let's take the measurement being uh, alumni contributions as evidence of a successful graduate. And he started laughing uncontrollably. And I, I said, well, what, you know, what's so funny? He says, well, Pat, we got a scene down in North Carolina. Thank God for the C students. He says, they comprise 80% of the contributions to the university from our alums. So I thought about that. I said, now, why would that be? I said, I can give you some theories. I says, one, they could be glad that you were the only university to take them in. Or two, they had the time of their life. Or three... Maybe they took the education they gave them and didn't spend all their time in the library and develop their interpersonal skills. <laughs> so when they got out of college, they could be successful in using them and knew a lot of people. And mm. I said, I'll only give you a case in point in Detroit. I said, Dan Gilbert is very successful. Yeah. He arguably was a C-plus student, but he figured out a lot of stuff when he was at Michigan State in terms of his entrepreneurial skills you know, to move forward. 
And we had two top accounting students uh, from Michigan State when I was on their advisory board to the accounting and information systems. And one worked for the uh, Governmental Accounting Standards Board and one for the uh, Financial Accounting Standards Board. These are, Vic, are plum jobs. These mm. are the top students, <laughs> this and that. And so they were talking about their experience. And I had been on um, the uh, business school, Dean Sanjay Gupta, telling them that, you know, the kids that come out of school, they can't write, they, they, they don't talk very well, and you've you got to give them some more tools to work with. Mm. And, of course, you know, the academics, they don't always appreciate this, and you know, I'm kind of an outlier in that regard. <laughs> right, so right. he's yawning when I'm telling this. Uh-huh. Well, the two girls were saying, you know, we can handle the talking because we were teaching assistants. We're used to being in front of people, but we don't write very good, and we're not meeting any people in New York. We don't know how to meet people. And so I said, I got the perfect event for you. I says, I was getting my um, female professionals golf lessons so that they could at least try to spend time on the golf yep, course okay. with people that could bring us business. And I said, they were not comfortable doing that. No matter how many lessons I gave them, that was really not their thing. And one of my partners who was female said to me, he says, she says, I think we should do the spa league. And I said, well, what's that? He says, well, she goes, women like to spa. And so rather than play golf, you know, let's say Thursday at 3 o'clock, we're going to, you know, book services at the, at the spa, have uh, champagne and little finger sandwiches, <laughs> and network with 8 to 10 people sitting there. Yeah. And I, all right, well, this became like the greatest event. I mean, people fought to get on this. And the ladies of my office developed an event that they were comfortable with as a way to meet people, and they weren't going to, you know, do it. Like the guys did it, which was on the golf course. They had their own way. And they networked unbelievably. Wow. So I told these two girls from Michigan State, I said, give them a call. They'll help you set this up and this and that. So four months go by. We have another meeting. Same girls come in. They're off their internships now. I said, how did it go? Yeah. Oh, Mr. O'Keefe, you can't believe it. We <laughs> met so many people. This was like the greatest event of all time. Oh. And I looked at Sanjay going, you know, this is the fish in the bicycle. Yeah, You gave the kids a very good education, but you couldn't teach them how to use it. Mm. And I said, that's the part that's mission education. Wow. And how powerful is that? Really, Pat, you're talking about um, a situation where, where um, you know, I, you're exactly right. If I think about, you know, some, some people I know, male and female, they, they can't swing a golf club and it's just going to be torturous. But there's other things that they're passionate and good about. And, and what about building that network around that that's really worth the price of admission. Holy cow. Um, some great thinking and, and, uh, and good ideas. Pat, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan business network. This is the leadership lowdown. We got one segment left and we'll be right back. Hi, this is George Blaha, and let's talk Treetops Resort. In my off-season from announcing, I love to play golf, and every year I take my annual golf out into Treetops. Why? Well, it starts with world-class golf in a breathtaking setting, but there is a lot more, from the relaxed atmosphere, great food, great beers, and the newly renovated rooms. And Treetops is more than a round of golf. It's a great weekend, and Barry Owens and his staff make Treetops the friendliest place around. What are you waiting for? Call 888-TREETOPS or go to Treetops com.
This is the Michigan Business Network here on the Leadership Lowdown. We have with us today Pat O'Keefe, and he is the founder and CEO of O'Keefe. And of course, you know, Pat, you you have such an extraordinary set of experiences, and I love some of the stories you've told. I, I'm I'm got a page full of notes here. Um, I guess my my question is, um, there's one other area that I wanted to ask you about, which was uh, Grow Michigan. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, Grow Michigan is a great tool within the state of Michigan, originally started by uh, Governor Snyder back in 2012 and supported now by Governor Whitmer, because it really is a, a good tool for businesses. And we're the proud administrators uh, of the fund. And we started our second fund this year with a little different twist. We uh, are providing access to capital, which we did in the first fund, for business owners that typically don't have um, the capital that they need to grow their businesses. So we come in, uh, we're not senior debt, we're what's called mezzanine, which is the next layer. So we're um, subordinate in the capital structure. But what this fund is different in is that we have set up um, an advisory panel of entrepreneurs to really help guide small businesses to grow their business. And we focused initially, it's not the sole directive of fund, but we are looking to grow minority businesses. And so we set up the advisory council and we've done some really cool things um, this year. We did a workshop at the New York Stock Exchange oh, wow. and uh, one of our bank partners to really um, you know, promote the fund and promote the advisory part. And for our firm, this is a great tool in our toolbox because a lot of times our clients are looking to either restructure their capital or they're looking for additional capital. And so this fund for us provides another tool in our toolbox. And we are really the right administrators for it when you consider that we're transactionally oriented, we're strategic in nature, uh, business valuation is a core competency of our firm. The restructuring and operational improvement, which is also a big core competency within this firm, really helps guide entrepreneurs to the use of the capital that we provide. And, you know, we just have a, such a wide lens um, at the firm in terms of our consulting capabilities that really translates well to potential users of the Grow Michigan Fund. Mm. So we had a very successful first fund. We have our second fund up and running. We're actually looking uh, for even a third fund because some of the banks have made um, are willing to make even bigger commitments oh, yeah. um, than they have in the second fund. So we need a vehicle to do it. And it really provides growth strategies and access to capital for people who need it and don't have it. So Pat, uh, Pat, each of the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but each tool. of those each of those um, different funds, do they have different customer base focus? Uh, why do you need th the three different funds? That's a great question, Vic. I'm glad you asked it. So the first fund, our typical investment size was one to five million. On average, um, you know, we probably put out two and a half million okay. in any one transaction. It was five year money. It was interest only the first. Um, year, and it was patient capital. The second fund, because we're looking to stretch a little bit in terms of providing broader access to capital, is we're willing to go down to as little as 250000 mm. um, in terms of MES. So that's going to be a little smaller operation, um, probably dealing with a lot more first-time entrepreneurs. And 
uh, which is why we've got the advisory piece in there. We did not have the advisory council in the first fund. Most of the um, banks were really just looking for community reinvestment credit. And so this fund, you know, we're going to be looking a little bit more towards the yield in the fund, but we're also going to provide more tools and more access to capital um, with a focus on minorities. The first fund did about 14 percent to minority businesses. We have an aspirational goal to get up to 50 percent in the second fund. The third fund is really uh, potentially to meet the commitment that some of the bigger banks are willing to uh, put even more money out. Some of them are constrained in their community um, reinvestment areas and top out at $5 million investment. We have had um, overtures that uh, a number of our bigger banks would like to put upwards of $30 million into a fund to accomplish um, some of the aspirational growth, uh, goals of uh, growing minority businesses. So we see that fund two and three can have some synergies in that two uh, max investment for the right transaction is up to $5 million. Wow. But if there were a situation where somebody needs more than that, um, you know, the third fund would come in behind it. Makes and sense. if you look at the market, there really is not a product out there in that one to five million range. So we've got a unique product to a unique market set with unique tools. Well, Pat, I'm, um, we're, we're bumping up against our time here, but uh, before I let you go, um, can you tell me those that uh, might have interest either in the fund or in O'Keefe uh, organization as a whole, can you tell us how to get a hold of, um, of these resources? Yeah. Um, uh, the O'Keefe firm can be reached at www.okeefellc.com. Our number here in Bloomfield Hills is 248-593-4810. Um, you can also access, access uh, us at that number um, for Grow Michigan, although we do have a, a separate number for them, but we answer the phone <laughs> with the same people. So Amen. if you use that number, you can do it. And uh, growmichigan.com uh, is our domain for that. Again, um, if you use the 248-593-4810, you can access uh, underwriters and people that can steer you in the right direction for growth. Well, Pat, uh, thank you. You you are truly everything that uh, that Mike Mike Sullivan has suggested you would be. Uh, What a great guest. What a great person. Thank you for all you're doing here in Michigan. Vic, happy uh, to be part of your show. And uh, I would just leave you with one thought is that your only sustainable competitive advantage that you control is your reputation. And there's only one way to be perfect, but a thousand ways to be great. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Pat, thanks so much. I, I can't tell you thank you enough. Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown, and thanks for listening to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. Can't wait to talk to you next time.